Hello and welcome to the Jake Mix Marketing Podcast, where I interview local Utah chief marketing officers and marketing directors to get a taste of their career, their insights, their latest thoughts within the marketing industry. On this episode, I interview Marta DeBellis, who is the global chief marketing officer at Instructure. If you've never heard of Instructure, you might know their famous learning management platform, Canvas, which is widely used by many colleges throughout the nation. They design learning platforms that help both students and employees all over the world. And with an employee count of over 1,200, it's safe to say that Marta holds a pretty important position within the organization. But if anyone is qualified for such a position, Marta certainly is with her diverse and strong marketing experience working for companies such as Intel, Adobe, and many more. In this interview, you'll learn strategies, frameworks, and ideas that will make your marketing job easier. Marta will provide ideas to start any marketing position strong. She'll provide tips to grow your career fast. And lastly, she'll help you understand certain things that she's done with her time at Instructure that you can also apply to your organization, no matter how high or how low of a position you hold within the company. So thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy. Marta, thank you so much for taking the time to meet with me. I know that you are extremely busy here at Instructure, here in your chief marketing officer role, which I am thrilled to be able to talk to you. We were first introduced at Utah Valley when you came and spoke there, and that was an incredible talk, and I was able to have lunch with you and a couple of other students after. So I'm excited to be able to share, well, at least ask you some questions about some of those things within that presentation, but then also uh, talk about a little, little bit about your career. So. Sure. Well, good. Well, let's get right into this. I, you know, I've looked a little bit into your career, like on your LinkedIn profile, and you have quite the experience mm -hmm. in marketing, working for huge companies like Adobe, Intel, which I yes. saw at the beginning, and then also some other companies here and there had quite the experience. And so just give us a little bit about your background in marketing and then what consistent tools and strategies have you used that have really been fundamental to your success throughout sure. your career? Yeah, well, it's kind of an interesting story. So I actually studied engineering in college. So I got a degree in electrical and computer engineering. Um, this is back in the early 90s before the dot-com boom and tech really took off. And I could see that there was going to be a lot of opportunity around computers. And that was something that I was interested in. And so after I got my degree, I um, got a job at Intel in their graduate rotation program for engineers. And it's kind of interesting because the last rotation I did was in technical marketing. And that was really looking at how to kind of do technical documentation and explain the benefits of a product. And I found that I really loved translating the technology into um, terms and communication that people could understand the technology. And I really jumped off from there into marketing and never looked back. Mm -hmm. um, and so um, just you, you talked a little bit about my career journey. I, I spent almost 15 years at Intel in a variety of different marketing roles. Um, and then when I left Intel, I worked on the agency side at Emory McCann, and they were the agency of record for Microsoft's B2B business. And so I, I say that back then it was kind of the Wintel realm of Windows and Intel chips. And um, I went from the hardware side to the software side um, and then um, from there, I went to Adobe, as you talked about on the software side, and then here I am at Instructure. A couple of interesting things in my journey, 
one of the things I would say they're kind of like guiding principles, um, but was to really kind of push yourself to try new things. Um, I found for me working in lots of different marketing disciplines made me a broader uh, marketer and business leader and, and put me on the trajectory to be where I am today. And so, you know, I did content marketing, developer marketing, brand marketing, um, technical marketing, um, partner marketing, um, campaign marketing. So really getting this broad cross section of experience and working for a large company, that was one of the advantages is there was lots of opportunities to move around and try new jobs. The other thing that was a guiding principle for me was to kind of push myself out of my comfort zone and take risks. So sometimes that would be taking on a role where maybe I didn't have the experience for and it made me uncomfortable. But by doing that, I was able to really learn new things and grow as a person and with my career. And then probably the third guiding principle, which is more personal for me, was I always had a love of travel and, and understanding different cultures. And so I made a very deliberate um goal in my career to get international experience. And so when I was very young, I, through just networking inside of the company, I kind of asked if there'd be opportunities to work overseas. And I did my first inter, uh, international assignment when I was in my twenties, I uh, lived over in Europe for two years. And then since then I've done two more international assignments, um, both of which were in Asia. And so again, that, the, the principle out of that is really to ask for what you want and to you know, network with people to find those opportunities because they're out there. Oh my gosh. Okay. Wow. You have those perfectly. Those are, those are awesome to hear. Well, and so, and I know that with your Adobe, you, you worked at some of these companies for five, six years. And I know it's a little bit off the script a little bit, but, um, you know, sometimes with my generation, we get really impatient and we want things to happen fast. And obviously you've had the experience and, and, uh, the basically experimenting in every kind of marketing to get to where you are today. And so um, how did you know when to transition from job to job? I mean, because you, you were at Adobe for a long time, you're at right. Intel, you're at all these other companies. How did you know, okay, now it's time for a switch? Yeah, and I think that some of that ties to your kind of personal life inflection points. Um, sure. Some of those for me were, you know, having kids and and making that transition from just worrying about myself and, and then later my husband to then my kids and figuring out how to juggle all of that, yeah. which may be a whole nother topic. But for me, the um, probably the points where I um, really knew it was time to move on, the questions I would ask myself are, am I learning new things still? Yes or no? And am I kind of happy and fulfilled in my job? And if I got to the point where one of those things, one or both of those things didn't add up, you know, maybe I was frustrated by things going on in the company or um, felt like I wasn't learning new things, then I knew it was time to kind of push myself um, to move on. Mm, okay. Well, great. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, and you said, so you've been with Instructure here yeah. since February of 2019. Uh -huh. And so what's the first thing, obviously you've had the experience, what's the first thing that you do when you come into an organization? I mean... Is there a specific game plan or are there different things that you are doing to make sure that this job is going to go well? Yeah, I think for me, um, one of the most important things is to listen when you first start a new job. And so one of the things that I was really deliberate about when I came to Unstructure was doing a listening tour. And within the marketing organization, I tried to actually meet and do one-on-ones with almost everybody in the organization at every level. 
and to just get a sense of, and I asked people when they met with me to kind of share with me, like, what are the top two or three, three things they're working on? And then to share with me, what are the top two or three things that they think it would be important for me to know or ideas or things that we could do differently in the business. And so by doing that listening tour, um, I was able to really get um, a good understanding of where the state of the marketing organization was. And then um, extending that listening tour to kind of key stakeholders. So my peers cross-functionally across the organization, meeting with the product leaders, the strategy leaders, you know, the CFO, um, the regional leaders to really understand the business and make sure that I had a deep understanding. And then the second thing that I do is kind of um, build like a 30, 60, 90 day plan. So what are my goals that I want to accomplish in the first 30 days, which is primarily the listening tour, and then what's in the next um, 30 days and what's in the 30 days after that. Um, and then the other part that's super important is um, to align on the priorities. And usually that is with your boss. So for me, that was with the CEO of Instructure and kind of getting from him, you know, the top. And, and I think priorities are important that it's a short list, yeah. you know, three to five things at the most. But um, what are the, those top three to five things that I needed to focus on um, when I first came into the role? Mm, okay. So for people, let's say uh, people who are not in the chief marketing officer, you know, say me who's coming into an entry-level marketing job, can't, how do they do that listening? Do they go to their peers, to their bosses? How do they go about it? Yeah, I think that, um, well, one, I think the first thing you can do is really understand the priorities for your role, for sure. your manager, okay. and then work with your manager to map out the key stakeholders for your role. And that can be um, people that work in the same team as you, kind of cross-functional stakeholders that you'll need to work with to do your job. Okay. And then I think you can do like a mini version of the listening tour um, to meet with those stakeholders. It may be a list of 10 people, you know, and not 100 people. Right. Um, but the other part that I also think is really important is to understand the context of your work to the overall business objectives of the company. So to really be able to kind of ladder up, I'm working on this project and what's the impact of that project to a bigger program and what's the impact of that program to the revenue targets for the company. And just make sure that you're always cognizant of the impact of whatever you're working on, whatever layer in the organization it is, because that's going to make you more attuned to the value that you can have in the organization and draw you towards that, um, towards a results mindset. Oh, I love that. Well, and that's one thing that you talked about at UVU, yeah. which I really resonated with because it gave more, it took the guesswork out of marketing. You know, uh -huh. a lot of times we, we go to marketing and, and we're trying different approaches and, and different things. But what I loved is, is you gave that, you know, align your objectives with the overall company's objectives. And then um, another thing I loved was the frameworks that you went into specifically yeah. that really made marketing more of a scientific approach yeah. instead of just guesswork. And yeah. so would you mind just talking a little bit about some of the framework that you talked about Utah Valley, but then also that you use here at Instructure yeah. to make sure things go well and to give that scientific approach more to marketing the proven. Yeah, and I think the concept of a framework is really um, looking at kind of dimensions of a program or a model. And um, that can start with just a simple framework, like a two by two matrix, where you look at um, performance on one, um, you know, on the X axis and, and activities on the Y axis. And you can kind of map things into a two by two matrix. That's a simple framework. Um, for me, the frameworks that I talked about that we actually use um, here at Instructure 
are two things. One, I talked about a customer journey framework and really being able to map um, as a marketer, looking at the stages that you're trying to engage a customer from driving awareness of your product um, to driving demand. And then once we actually create kind of a sales opportunity, which we call pipeline, being able to accelerate that pipeline to a closed uh, sale. And then once you actually have a customer, the last phase of the framework is how do you kind of market to the customer to help them realize value from the product and make them an advocate that then you can use back into the other marketing that you're doing. Mm. And so with that framework, um, you know, it's really mapping out those stages. And, and it's interesting because you need to look at the stages both from the objectives of the company, but also from the shoes of the customer. Like, what are they trying to get out of it? Um, and then, you know, what we mapped out in our framework is what are the questions that the customers might have in each phase of the journey? And then turning that into kind of key messages that we want to communicate to answer those questions and then mapping out um, content assets that we need to build to tell those messages and then looking at the marketing channels that we would use to reach the customer in each phase of the journey. And then the last part of it kind of comes full circle back to the, uh, the idea we just talked about, about mapping everything to the overall business objectives is how are you going to measure success and building KPIs or key program indicators for each phase of that journey. So that's one example of a framework that we use here. Um, the other one I talked about was something we call ICP, which stands yes. for Ideal Customer Profile. Okay. And that's a propensity model to look at who do you want to target um, and sell to. And this is something that we use to drive kind of our overall go-to-market strategy, and that's for sales, um, phone inside sales or phone sales, demand gen and marketing, and look at how all of those groups are actually going after the customers that have the highest propensity to buy. And for there, what we did is we looked at what are the propensity factors um, to buy a new product. And that could be the size of a company, it could be their revenue growth, it could be what technology they're already using, and then creating bands for each of those factors that we could score. And then what we did to start out was we looked at um, kind of the expertise across the company in each function from product to strategy, to sales, to marketing, and brought all of those voices to bear in scoring the propensity factors. Um, and so in the end, and just to keep it simple, like let's say you had 10 propensity factors and each one had a score of 10, then you would get uh, a score out of 100, you know, 10 times 10, and uh, you know, 100 would be the highest propensity, zero the lowest propensity, and then you can start to kind of create tiers of customers to go after. Um, and then what we do is we use tools and data science then once we built that first pass of that to then go out as we're engaging customers to see which ones are working, and then we feed that data back in to improve the model over time. So it ends up being more of a data-driven model versus making kind of assumptions or guesses in the, as we started the process. Wow. So how would, you, how would you go about that propensity model if you were in an entry-level job? Uh, would that be something that you would take up with your CFO or would it be something that you could tackle yourself? Yeah, so I think that one of the um, themes and, and, and kind of tips I have it is really, you know, kind of leveraging a network and building um, right. relationships with key stakeholders. So I would say even in an entry level job and you know, looking at whatever you're doing or, or, or targeting and kind of trying to define your target audience, but then figure out those stakeholders that can help you tune that more. Um, and so then 
calling a meeting, getting the key stakeholders that have the expertise to help build the model, and then facilitating the process by leveraging expertise that you might not have. And you'll learn in the process. Okay, yeah, I love that. That's great advice. So what is the most important thing, in your opinion, that marketers, both beginner and experts, can be doing in their career right now to stay on top of their game, to stay with it, and succeed in their career ultimately? Yeah, you know, when I think about that, I think that um, there's kind of two things that come to mind. Um, For me, the first one is kind of always be learning. And one of the ways that I like to do that is through reading. Mm. And so kind of I'm always looking at kind of a cross section of, you know, nonfiction books, fiction books, um, you know, newspapers, uh, podcasts, you know, you know, digital stories and kind of really trying to kind of keep my fingers across, um, understanding what's going on in the industry. And I think depending upon what your role is, you know, kind of tuning in to either like if you're, you know, if you're marketing, looking at, you know, marketing publications that are sharing best practices, but also looking at what industry you're in, if you're in tech or if you're in retail or financial services, you know, finding the right, um, news sources that kind of have the latest and greatest things in, in your area. Um, so those are a couple things. And then also kind of whenever you have an opportunity to take a class, go to a conference, you know, seeking out the areas that you want to learn and finding venues to learn them. And then the second one is to be, um, is to network. Um, and, you know, one of the things I kind of tell my team is to you know, be a connector. Don't just sit, you know, in your cube and work on your own thing, you know, be curious. And what does the person across from you do? What does the person that sits on a different floor do? And kind of always kind of learning from other people, because I think one of our our values here at Instructure is really focusing on diversity and inclusion. And um, one of the key principles of that is, you know, you get better outcomes by bringing diverse voices to the table. And diversity isn't only about you know gender diversity or ethnic diversity. It's also about d- diversity of experience. Mm. And so you might have you know someone that's worked at a big company that has a certain perspective. Someone who's worked at a startup. And you know here at Instructure, you know we're not a huge company, but we're not a small company. Right. You know, and there's some things that we're trying to innovate and build new things. And then there's some things we're trying to scale. And you, you know having those different voices brought to bear makes better ideas and outcomes. And so I think the more you know, you can you can network and learn from other people. Um, that helps you stay on top of your game. Interesting. Okay. Well, good. Well, and and I think that leads to another question that I was just thinking about because, I mean, obviously, marketing's probably changed over the course of your career from sure. from probably more traditional to digital. Yeah. And so, has that come from always learning, or have you adapted to those changes? Yeah. I mean, one of the things I also try to do is to be a, since I've, I've been in tech my whole career mm-hmm. and, you know, and then looking at how marketing has evolved with technology is to be kind of an avid user of things, even things that I might not like or be naturally, um, like a good example is Twitter. Like <laughs> I don't think I'm not, my natural personality isn't to be sharing out, you know, what I'm doing. But, you know, as soon as Twitter came out, I got a Twitter account, I follow other people, see what they're doing. And as, you know, now a CMO, it is important that I am, you know, sharing what we're doing through channels like Twitter. Mm -hmm. 
And so um, I think that's the one part is just whenever you hear about something like my kids recently were talking about TikTok and <laughs> yep. TikTok. So, yeah. you know, I'll get them to show it to me, put it, I'll put it on my phone. You know, I worked in Asia and there's a lot of local, um, local things there like WeChat. Um, mm. And so always trying to use and adopt the technology, even if I don't, you know, use it pervasively to be familiar with it. So right. that's one of the other ways I've tried to stay current. Cool. Yeah. No, I really like that, especially with the fast-paced world that we live in today. Yeah. Sure it's... Well, good. So, is Marta, is there a time in your career where you felt like nothing was going right for you, right? When the job was challenging, but you pulled through, you stuck with it, and what was the result of that? Yeah, it was um, interesting thinking about that question. I um, The time that comes to mind was actually a few years ago, um, before I left Adobe, um, I had kind of moved up in my career at Adobe and taken on more and more um, responsibilities across different aspects of the business. And it got to the point where um, I was pretty overwhelmed with the responsibilities that I had. And um, oftentimes I would look at my calendar and I would be like triple booked every hour of the day. And it just felt really overwhelming. And I was kind of felt like I was always behind and not able to keep up with everything I was supposed to do. You know, an example of Adobe is Adobe does uh, quarterly business reviews. Um, and because I was covering so many different sectors, there was one quarter where I was supposed to present the marketing results in like eight quarterly business reviews, you know, in the course of a week. Oh. And so I just uh, realized at that time that I um, wasn't being diligent, one, about managing my calendar. And this is something that... Um, one of the kind of coaching and leadership sessions that I attended uh, had recommended is, you know, you are in control of your calendar. And if I was being triple booked, you know, every hour of the day, then I wasn't really doing a good job of prioritizing my time and also delegating things to my team. And so what I did to kind of get out of that mode of where I felt totally overwhelmed was one, took a step back, blocked out some time to really plan out my calendar. And then at, you know, at the time in the role, I was able to work with my um, assistant who helps me with my calendar right. to be super deliberate about my time and kind of reset how my calendar was running. But then the other part of it was looking at my team and doing two things. One is looking at what were things that I could delegate to the team, um, but also looking at maybe gaps in the team of where I needed to look at bringing in new talent or um, or make a case for new roles in my team so that I could yeah. take on all the responsibilities that I needed. And so those were the two kind of things that I did at that time to kind of pull through that period that felt super overwhelming. Interesting. Yeah, I really, really like that. Now, I, I've got a question. I mean, I know a lot of people here in Utah Valley, at least, they are all, they're either it's either them and someone else or a very small team of people within their organization that do marketing. Uh -huh. And so um, how would you, like if they, if you kind of face that challenge, say you just had to do more and more and more, what would you suggest if you have, it's just yourself? Like, would you delegate some of those responsibilities to people outside of marketing? Mm -hmm. What are some things that, that you can, I know that I've run this personally. And so I'm just almost yeah. curious just to, to know your response on it. Yeah, I think that um, one of the first things kind of comes back to something we talked about earlier is to really prioritize. Um, and, you know, there's also a, a book that I read. Um, it's kind of like the power of one and, and looking at kind of, let's say you make a list and you have 50 things on your list. Okay. Then you cut that down to 25 things and you cut that down to 12 things. And you cut down to 10 things. Like how do you really be diligent about prioritizing down to the one most important thing that you need to do? And that's really hard because it always feels like I have 50 things to do. How can I get to one thing? 
But I think by going through that exercise, even getting down to five things that you need to do, and then, and then making sure you're also looking at the impact of those things. Because I think sometimes, you know, it feels like you could do 50 things, but when you really look at it, there's three of those things that are really making a big impact. And if you spent more time on those three things, you would actually accomplish more than doing the 50 things. Yeah. So I think that's one thing. And then the other part is, I do think that there's a lot of ways to get work done now. You can use tools and technology to get things done. You can use contractors or freelancers. One of the things I'm a big fan of is using intern programs um, as a way to kind of get more um, you know, bandwidth on something that maybe you don't have enough to fund a role, but you need help with something, and then you can help teach somebody right. that's coming into the business. Yeah. Um, so I think being a little bit creative about how you uh, leverage different types of resources. That's what, and, what, and then take charge. Like one of the things I tell people, I have some people who complain, I don't have enough resources, but the ones that come to me and say, you know what, I'm you know, struggling, I did an analysis, and here's what I need, and they ask for what they need, then I'm like, okay, I'm going to try to get you what you need. And so ask for what you need to get the resources, whether it's budget or people, to get the things done that you need. I love that. Uh, yeah, take charge. I mean, that's something that, that I probably could do better, doing better for sharing my responsibilities. Well, good. Well, Marta, if people would like to learn a little bit more about you, where can they go to find more information? Yeah, well, um, so I am on Twitter. You are on Twitter, yes. We all follow you after this. So, at Marta Develop, um, or LinkedIn. Um, you okay. can find my profile there. And um, and then here at Instructure, yeah. Cool. Well, so. awesome. Well, thank you again so much for taking the time. I know you are incredibly busy, but, but I really do appreciate it. So You're welcome. Okay. <laughs> thank you so, so much for taking the time to listen to this podcast. I hope you found some good value in the episode. To continue getting these interviews, these thoughts, these strong ideas for your marketing skills and your career, please, please, please follow the podcast. We're now on Spotify, we're on Apple Podcasts, which is really exciting stuff. Also, it would mean the world to me if you would share these episodes with your marketing buddies at work, your family, your friends, really whoever is interested in marketing or in learning from experts within Utah to get a good grasp on their career. Really, these things, these concepts apply to everything. So again, thank you again for listening and I hope you have a great day. We'll see you next time.